Welcome back. Another episode of Boss Bible Study. Got your boy Austin, Daryl, and Brandon. We're excited to be back with you once again. Today we're talking about sanctification. And Brandon, you want to open us up with a word of prayer? Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, we enter into your presence, Lord God, and we ask uh, in this study tonight, Lord, that we would encounter you. We would encounter you in your word, Lord God. And, And Jesus, you would reveal to us your will. You would reveal to us your glory. And you would reveal to us the purposes you have established long ago so that we might walk in them in faith, in love, and in truth. Lord God, um, let us have a whole heart. And so reveal to us even in this study today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm excited about this study tonight. Um, if I was going to be honest, 2 Timothy is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, I just remember being on fire for Christ and being led to this very book. And it just spoke to me in such a specific way. Um, I think it's important for listeners to know that this book is written by the Apostle Paul. This is his second letter written to Timothy, who was his beloved son in the faith. So this is someone he mentored. This is someone he's worked with, he's strived with, he struggled with. Um, But this letter is different than any other letter in the New Testament written by Paul because he writes this while in a Roman prison, but also knowing that his death and departure was going to be coming at any moment. So understanding, just sitting in the shoes of Timothy, a young preacher, a young minister, a young Christian, during this time, his mentor, is in prison. Things aren't looking good for Timothy right now. And Paul knows this. So he writes this letter to Timothy to encourage him. But in addition to Paul being locked up in prison, the culture at that time is just surrounded by ungodliness, worldliness. There were people that were peddling false gospels. Um, We talked about this a little bit. And Timothy was up against a lot. But Paul had to remind him that the Lord was with him. He had to remind him. And he he emphasized, he gives like five different analogies in this letter. He says, um, be a soldier. He says, be an athlete, be a farmer, be a worker. And he says, be a vessel as well. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And he starts this Timothy, the book of Timothy. He encourages him about his genuine faith. Because you have genuine faith, you're prepared for this work that's ahead of you. But she also tells Timothy the importance of expounding on God's word properly and really getting to that truth and sharing that truth, no matter what you're up against. So we'll be coming from 2 Timothy today, chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and my Bible reads the following. Nevertheless... The solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. 
Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master. Prepare for every good work. Amen. So, you know, as I'm reading this, you know, we start off at verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this very seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And in reading that, I understand that the Lord is intimate. The Lord intimately knows those who are his. I recall Jesus saying that he's the good shepherd. He knows his sheep and he calls his sheep by name. I want to ask those and I want to ask y'all too, like, <laughs> is the Lord calling you? Was there a time when you felt the Lord was calling? He knows his sheep by name. When was that time you felt that tug, the, the God was leading you towards him, calling you to himself when you were in the world? And I think it's important to understand that a seal, that's something that is permanent. And then he said, this is the foundation. <laughs> so this is the foundation, the foundation of our faith, part of what partly of the foundation, right? Rooted in Christ. The Lord knows those who are his. But this is, there's a cause and effect here as well, because it goes on to say, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knows who who's are his, and everyone who calls on his name, the name of Christ, that's the cause. You're calling on the name of Christ. And if you're calling on his name, the response after that, the effect of that is departing from iniquity. So I wanted to pose the question to y'all. There's two different ways we can go, however y'all want to start. Um, when, was, when did y'all experience the Lord calling you to himself? Truly understand that the Lord knows you and what that meant for you. But also when you called on his name, <laughs> right? The Lord knows those who, who belong to him, but also we have to call his name as well. And then the effect of that is departing from iniquity. So that's really, I feel like every, we're stepping into everyone's life right now. Everyone's visualizing, what did that process look like? Where am I at in that process? I don't know who wants to start with that. Go ahead, Daryl, take it away. All right, I already knew B was gonna call me, you know what I'm saying? But nah, um, what's up, fellas? Uh, man, that's a, uh, <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty deep and, and tricky question. And, um, and as I kind of think about that before I get ready to answer, um, you know, someone that's listening, I want you to kind of meditate and think about that as well, just the way I'm kind of just thinking about it. And so I guess my, when, that, when that time happened for me, it actually happened at a time where I was at my lowest. And I, in, in the moment, you know, I had to humble myself um, and he revealed himself to me. And, you know, I guess a lot of people, you know, they think when they, when they think about a question like this, right, it's like, oh, well, things were going well um, and, and, and God just, 
he just opened up the, the, the gates and, you know, money started flowing or things were just going well. Um, but no, for me, it, it happened um, when I was on the verge of being like, I don't want to be here. I can't do this life thing anymore. This is too hard. I've been trying for 27 years and I'm just sick and tired. And it was in that moment, right, when I was by myself, no one was around, um, and he spoke to me. And immediately, <laughs> I was like, where have you been? I've been, I've been struggling. <laughs> I've needed you for some time now. Where have you been? Wow. But it was actually in that moment that I realized he was there the whole time. And so it's interesting because we all, you know, the, the society, the world kind of calls it like what we, you know, you kind of got the, you know, they put the little picture of the little devil on your one shoulder, you know, the, you know, the, you know, God right here on your, your, your other shoulder. And they're like, one's telling you to do one thing and another's telling you to do another. And I realized that there always was a, a soft, subtle voice that was always speaking to me, always kind of steering me um, through this thing we call life. And a lot of times I would just shut it down. Like that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't appealing to the things that I wanted to do. Um, but it, he, he was there the whole time. And so, you know, I, I say this to say there may be someone right now that's like, God, where are you at? I need you right now. But again, it, it, you know, it comes with, you know, humbling ourselves and listening. And then we're able to hear. And so, um, so yeah, for me, you know, it came at a time where I was kind of at my lowest um, and I didn't know where to turn. And again, I, you know, I had nothing. So um, it's kind of, it's kind of easy to be humble when you don't have much. Um, you know, I, I, I had nothing, you know, kind of, I felt like I had nothing going for me. And, um, and yeah, and in the midst of feeling like that, he just scooped me up, grabbed me, brought me in his presence, told me I had value. You know, when I felt myself in the world, I, I felt like I was nothing. I had nothing. He called me by my name, not Slim. He called me Daryl. And, and, and it was just like that. Wow. So. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good testimony, my brother. Um, yeah, man. We're, we're, I just want to keep it real tonight. I just want to keep it live, open, and real. And um, yeah, man, do, do, that's a great question. Um, I mean, the way I word it, or the way it's worded in my head is, you know, how do we know, how do we know we're gods? How do we know we belong to Jesus? How do we know, uh, I mean, we could say, how do we know we're saved? But how do you know you belong to him? It's one thing to know, like, I know where I'm going when I die. But no, like, do you know who you belong to? Right, in Romans chapter one, Paul talks about that we have been called to belong to Christ, to belong to God. Uh, he is the maker of all things and all things are returning to him. And so how do we know? 
It's by seeking God, seeking and persisting in God's presence. And in, in, in his presence is namely in his word. His word will speak to you and you will know as you dive in and as you apply this scripture to your life. Um, this is this is what this was what my story was. Um, <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about the word will not return void. Uh, when God's word goes forth, it is going to accomplish its purpose. Uh, man, we, man, that's a whole rabbit rabbit hole right there. We could talk about a lot uh, on that, about declarations and faith, um, about petitions and faith, about proclaiming the word of God over your life, in your life. Um, th these are studies for another time. Uh, but one aspect of the word is when we really didn't know God like that. And, and we didn't know he was calling us. We didn't know he was fishing for us. We didn't know his disciples and his people were, were fishing for us. Like he told Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And so these people are out there searching for God's chosen, those who are willing to listen to the voice of God. And, and um, you know, it wasn't any one person who reached out to me. Uh, that I can remember. It was really just over the course of years, words from the scripture that were spoken by people who had faith and some people who didn't even have faith, but they spoke that word. That's how powerful the word is. You don't even have to have faith, but when it's spoken, hallelujah, God can empower the person in whom it is spoken to. He can sow his seed and so that the enemy won't take that seed and he can make it grow. He can root it down before it springs up, right? You got to get rooted before you get sprung. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I got rooted in another kind of way. God took me down a, um, well, I would say it was God taking me on a, on a, on a journey of understanding, but through my own folly, through my own mistakes, through my own sins. I'm not saying God made me sin. I chose to, to, to live in my selfish ambitions. Let's be clear. But God can make all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose and those who love him. And, and the crazy thing is I didn't even love him at the time, but I was still called according to his purpose before I knew it. Just like Paul, who was doing sin, who is persecuting the church, being a murderer of the church of God, he, he, he calls himself the chief among sinners. And yet he says that God called him before he was even born. He had a calling on his life, right? So that's how, uh, this is tangential, but, but crucial, this point here, which is that your calling, your calling being called by God, called to belong to Jesus is in many ways independent of your former life. I'm talking about right now, right now. Look about the, everything that's behind you. It's behind you. Paul talks about forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You don't start meditating on these sins that are saying you can't belong to God. That's what, that's what I'm getting at. There's times where the enemy, the adversary, the devil himself, he is known as, as um, at, if you're thinking about, if you're putting, in a, if you think of in a court metaphor, 
right? Um, that's often how he's portrayed in the scriptures, right? Um, you would think, he makes, he makes you to think that God is the one persecuting you, prosecuting you. The devil is the prosecutor. The devil's the adversary. He says that in uh, Revelations chapter 12, he, 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 he's accusing the saints day and night, accusing us. So what do you think is these voices that are, that are putting you down, discouraging you, uh, uh, pulling you into fears and all types of uh, intrepidation, right? These are entrapments, snares, holes. Now, I want to be clear. It's not to say that we aren't to look at our sin and, and, and find remorse, we need to actually get sin sick. But the Bible says godly repentance, it, it brings about a transformation in your life. There's going to be a change. You're not going to keep going into that. And even if you stumble in it, you're still wrestling. That's the difference between uh, a, a, a Christian who sins and a person in the world who sins. The Christian who sins is still convicted by the Holy Spirit and knows, God, I, 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 am, I am filthy. I need to be clean. And you're wrestling until that thing is removed in, from your life. Um, wow, I went somewhere I wasn't even planning on going. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, bro, that's good, bro. <laughs> but um, I, let me try to wrap this full circle back to the question, right? You know, um, I realized for me, I had to have a faith that was biblical. Now, at the time, I didn't even realize that's what I was searching for. I thought faith was uh, um, without reason, without understanding. I thought faith didn't have substance to it. In other words, you know how people say, you know, you got to take a leap of faith. And, and sometimes there's truth to that. But what, I, what I'm getting at is sometimes we act like faith is blind. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. If that's, that's the truth, then faith has a substance to it in which it isn't blind because it's actually taking uh, the position of your sight. It's spiritual. Look, man, faith is spiritual insight. You have spiritual insight. You have acquisition of holy things, of holy calling on your life, on other people's life even. And, and so um, I knew I, I came to a place of, from agnostic where I was like, I don't know if there's a God to like to deep atheism. Right. Where I was preaching atheism to people, like converting people to become atheists. You know, because I was good at debating, good at reasoning with people of like how they didn't have a substance to what they believed. And I realized that. And this is what I'm calling you out to if you're listening. You need to have a substance in your faith. You need to know you belong to God. You need to know that. You need to wrestle with the Holy One of Israel. This was our first Bible study we talked about. First or second one of them. We talked about uh, wrestling with God. Wrestling with God. Right. To, to, to know that you're called to know you belong to him, not just to know you're saved. No, no. I belong to him like like a husband and wife. Like, ha, I belong to God. You know, I, I'm not just no uh, um, one night stand with God. <laughs> that one night being when I die. Oh, come on. <laughs> Talk about it, bro. About it. Come on. Oh, my goodness. So uh, let, me, let me stop. Let me stop. What, what y'all got? <laughs> Man, bro, like, that's so good, bro. Like, man, it's just, I just want to talk about, you know, this second part of verse 19, um, where he says, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And I see two reasons for this, right? 
one, you can't associate what is good with what is evil. God is good. Jesus is good. And it reminds me um, during his earthly ministry, how those who are possessed with unclean spirits would say he was the Messiah. You know what I mean? And Jesus forbid it. And I believe that the, the, the reason behind that is because he wouldn't allow himself to be associated with things that were unclean. But the second part, I believe this statement is saying is that there is power in the name of Christ. So if you're going to name that name of Christ that has power, you are going to have the ability to depart from iniquity. Iniquity, opposite of justice, unrighteousness, violation of God's standard. If you name the name of Christ, you now have the ability to depart from that. That's something to behold. We talk about beholding things, something to meditate on, something to park on, something to hang your hat on, something to die on. That is the name of Christ. When had, when was the last time you called on the name of Christ? When you are faced with trials, when you're faced with transgressions, when you're faced with sin, when was the last time you called on him? And full faith and knowledge of who he is and trusting and knowing that he will save you and deliver you from anything you're faced with. And sometimes that may not be delivering from the situation, but he'll give you enough grace to face that situation. So you can stand the test or he'll give you the power and the ability to flee from that temptation. When was the last time you called his name? Mm. I know if I ever run in trouble when I was in high school, especially my dad was one call away. But oftentimes, though we may see trouble coming, we're hesitant in making that call. We want to take care of things of our own. We don't want to, you know what I mean? Last resort, because we think, oh, my dad's going to yell at me. My dad's going, you know what I'm saying? Going to be upset with me, give me a long lecture. And I remember one time um, I was driving my dad's truck. And I backed up and I like hit something. So like the side light was, it got like dented a little bit, bro. I went to this handyman, try to get that thing buffed up and everything. <laughs> I went through all this trouble before I made it back home, bro. Like went through all this dilemma. My dad came and saw it. I was like, dad, I'm sorry. I backed the truck and messed it up, but I tried my best. And he was like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, but your car is like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And bro, like, man, we have no reason to fear to come to Christ. Mm -hmm. He's paid the price for us. He's paid our debt. He has all the resources. He has everything we need. When was the last time you called on his name? And check this out. Called on his name, not simply. There's Christianity, which is, it's, it's the simple, genuine faith of you believe in Christ and you call on his name. And you live in his name. You depart from iniquity. You're, you're, you're walking. This is sanctification, right? Which means you're growing in, in an obedience to God uh, because you don't wake up uh, perfect at it. 
uh, just like, um, uh, you know, a tomato doesn't wake up a tomato. No, it grew into a tomato. To, and the farmer doesn't get impatient when it, when it takes some time. So you can't get impatient, or you can, but this is, my, this is my encouragement not to. Anyway, there's Christianity, but then there's churchianity, right? Churchianity is you can call on God in church. You can call on God in, in religious type of events in the religious atmosphere, but you, you don't, you don't call on God when you're alone. Wow. You don't, you don't, you don't call on God. Like he's, 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 he's like, we just talked about father or friend or mother and look, man, stop, get your mind out of this world. The Bible says Colossians three, set your mind on the things that are above Your life is hidden with Christ. Your life is not in this earth. Your life is actually eternal beyond this earth. Cause this earth is actually going to pass away too. He's bringing a whole new heaven and new earth. And, and, and so what I'm, what I'm getting at is don't be like, oh, well, I, you know, my mom was a bad this. My dad was never there. My, you know, listen, we all got trauma background stories where we can compare them and contrast them. We're new creations in Christ. You can't live in that old, old genre, bro. Amen, bro. You can't do it. You, it's going to be, it's going um, it, to, it's like, it's like a leech. That's your, that's your old life. That Paul says, put it off, right? God, God has healing hands for you, for, for whatever you've been through. When we call on him outside of that whole church culture, religious culture, religious people culture, where you can act religious, you can act Christian, and you're changing your behavior around people to fit the script, but you're not changed inside. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm talking because I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking in a way where I'm just, <laughs> I, I can experience by the grace of God. Paul talked about, am I not made to be indignant when someone sins in the church, when sin is in the church? And, and I'm at a point in my life where I, I see these things and, and the Bible says, in much wisdom is much vexation. I'm not wise in myself, but I'm wise through the word of God. I read this word and I see what it says and that, it's God's word that's wise in me. That's about it. <laughs> I'm a fool for Christ otherwise, right? And, and, and so in that, what I'm getting at is uh, there is an indignation, a, a, a frustration in me for my brothers and sisters out there who, who are living in rituals and not relationship with Christ. I'm talking about uh, think about your best friend. Think about the closest person to you. I don't care if you got no best friend. A lot of people don't got no best friends nowadays. They, got, they, they buy a hamster or something or a dog. <laughs> All right. Think about your relationship with that thing right there. You know what I'm saying? How deep is your relationship with that? And, and, and I, I've known people who they will, they literally will die if their dog dies. You know? And, and, and you know, we could go on about that. But my point is, Whatever your most intimate relationship is on with it with on on this earth, whoever it is with, and maybe it's not with a who, maybe it's a something. If God is not the first and primary and, and foremost, you need to wrestle to get there. I'm telling you, as someone who's experienced, I'm telling you, as someone who's read the Word and seen that the Scriptures talks about God, the Kingdom, the whole new life that He's giving you. It's it's a treasure hidden. I'm I'm t I'm talking about. Man, like we can't have jailhouse religion. You know what? I talked about churchianity. And now we talk about jailhouse religion. You know what jailhouse religion is? <laughs> jailhouse religion is, is you got faith in the jail, 
but it leaves on bail. <laughs> you got faith in the jail when things are going bad, when you're in a, in a dirty situation, you got to make sure you prayed up, you got to stay protected, things are going bad, whatever. You need deliverance right now, Lord, help me. Whether it's sickness, whether it's actual jail sentence, whether it's, you know, whatever, whatever metaphorical jail you might find yourself in. But then as soon as someone bails you out, oh, now back to the streets. We back. We back, boys. You go back to the old crew. Yeah. Come on. Come on, God. Look, God sees through that. God sees through that nonsense. And he still loves you. And he's calling you. He's calling you. We, we don't got time for nonsense because it's, it's clear here. The Lord knows those who are his and, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So that's talking about both uh, um, God's sovereignty and election and our call to responsibility. So there is a privilege of, of being called by God, but there's a responsibility to living into that call, you know, faith without without works the scripture said is, is is dead so so faith we're saved by faith alone but faith is never alone faith is never without a substance we're actually you're living it out and even if you know you're not the most perfect saint out there all right but you're wrestling but you're practicing you you should look you, you might be sitting on the bench on the football team but you came out to practice didn't you <laughs> you still on the team you still get the ring when we win the championship <laughs> Come on, that's real. And so don't get discouraged, even if you're you're struggling, because I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Yeah, but now, but all right, real quick, you know, when we look at verse 20 and 21, right? You know, Paul, he gives us he gives us an example here of of the church, right? You know, um, and again, you know, it says in verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, Jesus, um, prepared for every good work. Right. And so, you know, Kyle kind of talked about, um, you know, he had touched on the the lukewarm Christian. Right. And if I could, you know, if I said, hey, can we raise our hands here for, you know, who used to be a lukewarm Christian? I don't know if y'all can see my hand, boy. You know what I'm saying? My man may hit it with the two, you feel me? Um, I mean, we was we was walking, we was walking all in it, you know. So again, um, we're definitely again, we're not we're not condemning, um, condemning anyone, right? You know, like Austin said, you know, again, um, it says it says that, you know, but in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor, right? And so when we look at the church, right? You know, the church is filled of imperfect people. Right. And be kind of, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, as as Christians. Right. You know, people say, mm, you put me doing that. Ain't you a Christian? Like, I didn't know being a Christian was mean I had to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, again, none of us are perfect. Right. But we do our best to be good examples. Right. Into the world, you know. And so um, I actually I look at that as a compliment. Someone's looking at me like. Ain't you, ain't you a Christian? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I am actually, man of God. Thank you. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it doesn't mean that, I, again, that, you know, that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not imperfect. Right. But the one thing that I do want to be is I want God to use me. 
right? You know, sometimes, you know, I, I you know, I used to look around and be like, hmm, that this person right here, they got it all. You know what I'm saying? God is just blessing them. God is just using them. Why can't he use me? And there's probably someone thinking that same thing. And so my question to you is, where's your heart at? Right. You know, I keep thinking about my, my aunt keeps, she, she's been saying this um, over and over to me. Right. Um, it's a, it's a heart matter. And so again, it starts in our heart, Right. You want to be a good vessel. You want God to be able to use you the way that he uses somebody else. Change your heart. It starts in the heart. I mean, like, boy, you know what I'm saying? Like we could, I mean, we could spend, you know, 30, 40 minutes right there. Right. But, you know, I'm just going to challenge someone um, or not, not challenge. I'm going to encourage someone, right. To recheck their heart. Right. Brandon talked about in a, in a previous Bible study, um, you know, B, what's his name again? The the, the best uh, heart surgeon that you know. What's his name again? Jesus. What you mean? Jesus. Ah! Boy, <laughs> Jesus. You looking for a good heart surgeon? The best? 1-800. No, I'm playing. But not nah, Jesus. Seriously, it's a it's a it's a heart thing. And it starts there. So, again, if you want to be the good vessel, right, you want to be used Right. You, you want, you know, it's like, again, it, it, right here, it says uh, cl- cleanse himself from the ladder. We got to cleanse that heart. You know what I'm saying? I want to be a vessel that is honored, sanctified and useful for my master. And again, that starts right there in the heart. Someone who's listening. What vessel are you? And <laughs> it's crazy because um, I started to think um, about my mom. Right. And it's, it's funny because in, in my mom's house, right. If it's just, you know, I I have younger sister, two younger brothers. So when we grew up, it was, it was just us. Right. And when we would have dinner, right. We get the, 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 the paper, the paper, uh, plates and, you know, uh, the plastic silverware and don't act bougie. Now I know somebody out there. I know y'all, so y'all, 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 y'all had the same thing, right? And that's what we had on a daily basis. But when my family would come over, right, or some of my mom's line sisters, um, they got the good plates. They got the the nice plates that were on the top shelf, right? Mm-hmm. And they ain't, they ain't had the, the 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 plastic silverware that broke. You know, if you was eating too fast, it was in a rush. You know what I'm saying? They got the the good, the good silverware. And so it made me think, Daryl, are you a good vessel or a bad vessel? Right. And then I even started thinking about who are the people in my life? Right. Who do I associate with? Right. Someone out there, right. You have to kind of reevaluate your situation. Who are your friends and family? Right. Do you have any good vessels that you can lean on or call or, you know, those good examples, you know, that are that are living a godly and pure life. Right. Or are you surrounded by a bunch of bad vessels? Right. People that are, you know, just want to be in the world and of the world and want the things that are of this world. And if I can just be honest, guys. 
that thing, when I when I read that, that thing slapped me like right over the back of my head, just like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Dak, I've been a I've been a bad vessel <laughs> for so long, right? I've been, you know, um around my friends. I didn't like, oh man, Med, B, Kyle, I appreciate y'all for holding holding me down and, and still associate with me because um yeah, I was a I was a bad vessel, right? But when we look at being sanctified, right? And we and we and we got a, a definition from that from an earlier Bible study, um, being set apart for Christ, right? You know, my focus now, right? And again, I can only do this through the Holy Spirit, right? Is being that good vessel, being that example for my nieces and my nephews. Um, I mean, that that's what it's about, right? You know, again, um, we you know a, a tree, right? A, a, a good tree can only bear good fruit, right? And a, and a bad tree can only bear bad fruit. And so again, we have to, you know, surround ourselves with good vessels. B, Austin, you know, again, I want someone who's listening to this right now to just think, just, just, just think about the people that you hang out with, the people that you associate with, the people you go do things with, right? Are they good vessels or are they bad vessels? So I kind of, you know, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys, you know, let you guys elaborate though on if you like. Amen. Amen. And we're gonna go ahead and um close and we're gonna we're gonna schedule this for a part two. That's that's a that's a loaded subject and we definitely dive into that. So if you're listening. Be on the lookout. We're going to continue to dive into this uh, passage here, Second Timothy chapter two, verses nineteen through twenty-two. We're talking about sanctification, and remember, it's never too late to boss up. Do you want to close this out in prayer? Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, Father, we just thank you uh, for this time tonight, Father, to to dive into your word and, and discuss your your powerful and living word, Father. Uh, we just thank you. Uh, for for Jesus and we just thank you for all those that were listening today father we pray that it was your words that touched someone's heart uh, your words that are going to change someone's mind and change their heart and bring them closer to you father father show us and teach us on a daily basis what it means to be sanctified what it means to be set apart from this world father you say you say, you say to you know to not be, you know, to be of this world, but not not be in this world, you know, not be in this world, Father. And we just we just pray that again that we can be those good vessels that go out um, and be those example for people, Father, to run closer to you, Father. I pray today that again someone was touched by your words, Father, and is going to run closer to you, Father, and look at the ultimate example, which is Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' mighty and precious name that we ask all these things. And let all of Jesus' people say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Take care, y'all. God bless. Let's go.